Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. A bottle of Lucas Complete Fuel Treatment can clean your system and help your engine get more MPGs. Right now, you can get two bottles for only $9.99. A great deal to help you go a great deal farther. Find Lucas Complete Fuel Treatment and everything you need for better fuel efficiency at any one of our 6,300 stores. Get in zone, zone. Restrictions apply. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time and range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome into your Monday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. I'm not going to lie. I was feeling pretty low on how my WNBA bets turned out on Friday. Uh, but it was Friday the 13th. I don't know what I was expecting. And also, uh, I saw the Mavs beat the Suns on Sunday and thought, it's all relative. You know, it, it definitely could have been worse. My day could have been worse. Uh, so... We're going to move on, onward and upward. We don't have to have a long memory with this. We're just going to move forward and keep doing what we're doing. In today's show, part one, hot or not list. As always, the Los Angeles CityCast loves to have a hot or not list. We're going to start there. And we'll also get into Tuesday's game one, Celtics and Heat. And then part two, MLB, both LA teams in action on Monday. Man, the Dodgers' start of their season has been rigorous in terms of how many games they've had to play. Four games uh, hosting the Diamondbacks here that starts Monday, 7, 10 p.m. Pacific time with a doubleheader on Tuesday. And their pitching is looking a little bare, a little barren. And, and they're still a really solid team as far as the pitching is concerned, as far as the metrics are concerned. But uh, depth-wise, really starting to struggle. We'll get into that. Angels at the Rangers as well. Three-game series starting Monday, 5.05 p.m. Pacific time for that one. And finally, some WNBA discussion about the Tuesday slate, five games. So no games on Monday, but five games on Tuesday. Uh, first things first, of course, we check out the Los Angeles lines available at Bet River Sportsbook. Let's start with the MLB. Dodgers minus 275 to win the NL West. No change there. Plus 215 to win the National League and plus 475 to win the World Series. No changes, no movement. Uh, Monday, 7, 10 p.m. Pacific time, Dodgers and Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks 
plus 200 on the money line. The Dodgers minus 240. And the Diamondbacks run line, so plus one and a half runs, minus 115. Dodgers run line, so minus one and a half runs, minus 107. Total for this one sitting at eight and a half. I already bet the Dodgers run line in this and also under eight and a half, but we will get into the reasoning behind that in just a little bit. Uh, as for the Angels, plus 215 to win the AL West, 9-1 to one to win the AL, and plus 2250 to win the World Series. This was 25-1, to one, so they have gone down just slightly in these odds, maybe getting some action on the Angels to win it all. Uh, no surprise, because they've been looking really, really solid lately, especially as they had that return home and kind of came off that long, rough road trip. And Shohei also finding his swing again, two home runs and back-to-back game, or excuse me, a home run and back-to-back games most recently. Angels, minus 139 in this game on the money line. Run line, minus one and a half, of course, is plus 112 for the Angels. As for the Rangers, plus 123 is the money line for them. Their run line, minus 139. And the total for this one sitting at eight. We'll get into this one. It's going to be a little dicey. WNBA, LA Sparks, 25 to 1 to win the championship. No change there. And I still think it's worth a little sprinkle. Why not? Like, the way the Sparks are playing this year, they definitely built like a team that could win a championship. Absolutely. Also, Elena Deladon, uh, 9 to 1 to win MVP on Bet Rivers. Not terrible either because the way the Mystics are looking now, the challenging part, as our lovely guest Miles pointed out on Friday's pod, if you missed that, still lots of great nuggets and information in there, even though the game's already happened. And actually, Miles killed it on his predictions of what he thought was going to happen. Unfortunately, the one bet that I decided to take was the one I was most confident on. I was trying to bet a little bit less, not on every single game, just because still so early in the season, wanting to see how some of these teams look, you know, with at least three or four games under their belt, which is not the case for every team even so far. So I went with the one bet I felt most confident about, Mystics minus 7.5 versus the Dallas Wings, uh, which is, you know, the Wings have been a bottom four team. The Mystics this year are a top three team for me. And no, they lose by, you know, almost 10. And uh, that was the one bet I made. But other than that, uh, Miles' picks were right on, and he did point out that for Elena Deladon, that she's not necessarily going to be traveling to the away games always. So that's something to keep in mind. And we'll look at that later on when we see the WNBA games. Um, because that could factor in, obviously, to an MVP consideration for her, too, if she's not playing a lot of these games. That said, 9-1 to to win MVP? I mean, the story writes itself. As for the NHL, we don't have more odds anymore for the Kings because, unfortunately, the Oilers beat them on Saturday in Game 7, 2-0. to Gotta love the fight from this Kings team, pushing that series to seven. Their season may be over, but playoff hockey does continue. Also, Stormy Bonatoni, who is a friend to the show, and uh, you may have seen uh, throughout VEASAN's uh, shows as well, host My Guys in the Desert for them. She is really into the playoff hockey right now, so definitely worth a follow and see where she's looking at for those. It's hockey playoff time. Right, And Bet Rivers has a special offer through the entire NHL playoffs. Throughout the playoffs, place three same-game parlays of $10 or more on each round and receive a $10 free bet at the conclusion of each round. You can think of it as a betting hat trick. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Create your ideal combo with same-game parlays on the BetRiver app or at BetRivers.com. You can find all these odds and more at BetRivers Sportsbook. Let's get into the hot or not list. Finally, I'm going to start with the hot, hot, hot. Hotties of the hottest, the Mavs beat the Suns in Sunday's game seven, 123 to 90. This is like an embarrassing level of hot. This is like, oh my God, you're so hot. It's embarrassing for me. Um, 
They started this series 0-2, in case you forgot, with a pair of road losses. Go on to win four or five games. That's called persistence. That's called a glow-up. We love it. Luka Doncic went off for 35 points, 10 rebounds, in only 30 minutes of play, and just had so much fun with it. He had as many points, I think, in the first half as the Suns' entire team did, and they asked him about it post-game. Did you know that? And he chuckles and goes, of course. So, yeah. That's that's about as hot as it gets for the Mavs. And who saw that coming? I definitely did not have Mavs going to the conference finals. And yet here we are. So that is hot. They're absolutely at the top of the hot list there. Uh, also hot after all these years, the Kardashian-Jenner NBA curse. I know we call it the Kardashian curse, but it really should be called the Kardashian-Jenner curse at this point. Uh, we were reminded of it actually most recently. One of the NFL players pointed this out. ESPN Sports Center tweeted out, Friday the 13th, which was last Friday, got us thinking, what's the scariest curse in sports history? And Darius Slayton responded, dating a Kardashian. And the timing could not have been more paramount. Of course, we know Kendall Jenner, not a Kardashian per se, a Jenner. Uh, but she's factored in the mix here. Of course, we remember Chloe uh, and Kim. Well, Kim married Chris Humphreys for, what, 40 days? Chloe was married to Lamar Odom, 2009, peak of his career. It all went downhill from there. Then James Harden briefly, I think eight months. Tristan Thompson, obviously her father of her children. And yeah, it's not going so well on the basketball front for any of those men. Kendall formerly dated Ben Simmons. And now her current boyfriend, Devin Booker, looked terrible. Looked absolutely trash in this, in this whatever. And honestly, last summer, Kendall said that she suggested uh, that... Or she said that she, the suggestion that they're somehow responsible for the men's failures is offensive. And, you know, I would agree. But the evidence is fairly damning at this point. And it's just more fun to think that this thing is, is real. Also, uh, she's probably still working on cutting that cucumber somewhere. So she probably missed this anyways. Um, if you missed what I'm talking about, just Google Kendall Cuts Cucumber and enjoy yourself. That is would be on the not list for me. And the Suns, for that reason, are on the not list. So, yes. Kardashian-Jenner curse is hot. It's live after all these years, but the Suns, not so much. It's so unfortunate because we finally saw a spark. 37-year-old Chris Paul got a taste of the NBA Finals. I think he even, I saw a quote, a tweet from last year that I believe JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst, retweeted of Chris Paul saying last year, now that he's got a taste of what it's like to be in the NBA Finals, he's addicted to it. Uh, and JVT very smartly noted that he was able to kick that addiction in less than a year, so... Yeah, unfortunate to see that happen to Chris Paul. Just not it. Devin Booker and Chris Paul, one of the worst nights of their playoff career. And I don't even know if we can, like, you can't even, you if you didn't see it, it's really hard to paint the picture of just how bad this was. But Chris Paul didn't score until the Suns trailed by 40 points halfway through the third quarter. Third quarter. Booker's first basket didn't come until later in that quarter. So it, it was really bad. And then, of course, people are talking about DeAndre Ayton and his contract coming up and what this means for him and scoring less than five points, I believe, or five points. Uh, and what what more does this team need to do? It's like if they had advanced at least to a conference final, maybe you kind of say, oh, well, the pieces are there and we try again. But now his contract coming up, of course, it's going to raise a lot of questions about what happens to this Suns team from here. And Chris Paul, again, 37, not getting... Not getting younger any minute. Also on the hot list, may, it may surprise some, but it shouldn't. Giannis Antetokounmpo, now the first player in NBA history with 200 points, 100 rebounds, and 50 assists in a single series. 200, 150. 
crazy. I was going to put him on a medium list. This isn't a medium list. It's a hot or not list. And also I thought about it and I was like, no, it's not medium. It's not medium. And yes, I know his team didn't win. The Celtics did, but Giannis, no Middleton to help him out. Just Wes Matthews and Grayson Allen on the wings. So what more could this man have done? You know what I will say? There was a lot of missed free throws or excuse me, layups there at the end. A lot of, lot of missed layups. I think he went one of four from three. Uh, people love to make fun of him attempting those three-pointers. And by people, I mean me. I have made fun of him in the past for that. But he's just the best all-around player in the NBA right now, for me at least. And yes, there was absolutely a million missed opportunities at the end here for this Bucks team. And it was, frankly, embarrassing for their offense. And I don't know what their offense needs to do from here. But I'm going to start with just making layups would be a, would be a start. Nevertheless, Giannis... Very much the hot uh, hot list here. 200, 150. How do you not? That's absolutely hot list material. Uh, not, the final not really. The Dodgers losing three of four to the Phillies. That's on the not list. We don't love seeing that, especially because Dodgers run line was our safe space in the betting world so much recently. And um, right now they're struggling to kind of pitch their way through this tough opening schedule, 31 games in 30 days. Oh, and also not hot. I lied. There's a second one. Kershaw back on the injured list. Was supposed to pitch on Friday. Nope. More on that in a bit. Uh, I will say Little Heat came back in the fourth game of the series. The Dodgers don't stay not hot for long. They did rally. They won 5-4 to four on Sunday. Not a run line, but we'll take it. Uh, they were down to their last strike twice before scoring two runs in the ninth on Gavin Lux's game-winning two-run double. So that's like at least a little spark in the right direction. And finally, the final hot topic the nba conference finals are here tuesday's game one celtics and heat nobody knows, knows this situation better than the celtics do they am i the only person who misses the bubble and wish they went back to playing in the bubble uh but the celtics had to try to outlast the heat in the eastern conference finals once before uh and they didn't get it done in six games in the bubble in 2020 that's the last time we saw this matchup so It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. I was actually watching the end of the Celtics-Bucks game, not the very end where it was all hope was lost, but more like third quarter and wondering who's the worst matchup for the Heat here? Who do the Heat want to advance of these two teams? And I thought, well, who wants to face this Celtics defense? Nobody. But I also thought that with the Miami Heat versus Giannis and the way he's been playing, and then they were anticipating to get Chris Middleton back, I guess, to that series that Giannis would have posed a really, really big problem for Bam Adebayo, similar to the one that Joel Embiid posed. So in some ways, I don't know that the Celtics have that same big man that can create that trouble for Bam as much. But the Celtics' defense overall, across the board, is going to be an issue. So uh, I'm interested to see how this one plays out, absolutely, starting on Tuesday, Game 1, NBA Conference Finals. It's definitely on the hot list. Coming up... Let's talk about baseball. Let's get into it. Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Angels, Rangers, all on Monday. This is the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Danielle Avari here to talk about the Dodgers first and foremost. I've started to allude to this already. You probably have noticed if you've been paying close attention to the Dodgers. If you haven't, let me catch you up. They just hosted the Phillies. They lost the first three games, then ended with a 5-4 to four comeback win on Sunday. That was pretty glorious. It still was not a run line cover necessarily, but there you have it. Uh, that said, the Dodgers have been dealing with a lot of issues with their rotation. It's been ineffective to say the least. They have 
five losses in the last seven games. And also bearing the lead here, even though I already mentioned it in the last block, Clayton Kershaw out of the mix for a while, not going to help the situation. Uh, so he was supposed to pitch six start of the season on Friday, uh, but instead was placed on the IL list uh, with a right sacroil sacroiliac joint inflammation. The team announced that is near your tailbone. Uh, he said he started feeling the pain following the team's flight home Wednesday from Pittsburgh. He had an epidural injection on Thursday. So, like, were they still trying to get this man to go on Friday? Uh, and then an MRI of his back showed no structural damage, according to him. Both he and the team are hopeful he can return to action following his IL stint, so 15 days. He did say, I don't feel great right now. It's a little sore, but he's confident that by the time his IL stint is over, he should be close to ready to go, if not ready to go. That does not sound like the most confident man in the world about his status, but... This is, this is the situation the Dodgers have found themselves in, unfortunately. Part of that issue with their pitching rotation and not having the depth is injury, absolutely, which can tumble any team. But part of it's also the Trevor Bauer situation, who's going to be suspended for a while for reasons I don't want to discuss about on my podcast. But the Dodgers overall pitching is just really, really struggling right now. David Price is expected to come back from a COVID-19 absence, so that will help. But Dave Roberts said he's not really built for anything more than two innings at this point. And then Andrew Haney, who's been, what, two scoreless starts at the beginning of the season, but then went on the IL because of a shoulder injury. He has resumed throwing, still not close to a return. So things are looking a little dicey. Uh, I'm not even sure who's going to help them out in the doubleheader on Tuesday. Tyler Anderson's going to get one of those games. And Walker Bueller is listed as the last game on Wednesday as of now. Um, Tony Gonsolin getting the start on Monday, it looks. So that brings us to Monday. Four-game series versus the Diamondbacks. We've already seen the Diamondbacks once this season. And like I said, doubleheader on Tuesday. So Monday's game, 7, 10 p.m. Pacific time. Reminder, Diamondbacks plus 200 on the money line. Plus one and a half, minus 115. And then the Dodgers, minus 240 on the money line. Run line, minus one and a half, is minus 107. Total, eight and a half. I mentioned this at the top. I already put two bets on this game. I'm on a cold streak right now, in general, <laughs> across the board. The NBA has not been nice to me. The WNBA has not been nice to me. The MLB has not been nice to me. But fortunately, bankroll management, we are still in the green, guys. We are surviving. We are thriving. We are losing with one money. So that's at least something. But take that for what it's worth. Trying to get back on track here. Uh, I do think that we're going to see a lower scoring game. We have Tody Gonsolin versus Madison Bumgarner. Uh, and I do think that we've seen this a lot more recently with these Dodgers games. So I also have Dodgers run line as well, which I don't like as much as the under, but take that for what it's worth. So the last time these teams played Dodgers won the first game, then the Diamondbacks won the last two. And then all three games were decided by two or more runs. So more like two, but in some cases more. As I mentioned, Tyler Anderson, probably one of the double headers on Tuesday, Walker Buehler Wednesday and Tony Gonsolin getting the start on Monday, his seventh start of the season. He's a righty. 3-0 this season, 1.33 ERA and a 1.07 whip through his 30 innings of the season so far. The last time he faced the Diamondbacks this season, a couple weeks ago, he did allow them to go 3 of 16 with a double, two RBIs in four 
innings. He has gone five innings, I believe, in the last two starts, so that is promising, moving in the right direction that way at least. On the other side, Madison Bumgarner, as I mentioned, the lefty, 2-1 and one this season, 1.78 ERA, and a 1.12 whip through his first 27 innings of the season. Opponents are batting 198 against him. Uh, the Dodgers, of course, offense, we know, has scored the second most runs in the league this season with 174. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks average one home run per game, 10th in the league, with 35 total home runs. But their batting average, it's weird. It's like they're hitting homers, but they're not hitting well overall. 202, which is 29th in the major leagues. So with that in mind, I do think we'll see a lower scoring game here. And also, Dave Roberts of the Dodgers pointed out that there's a sense of urgency uh, he said, you look at our division, we haven't played well within our division, so teams we're supposed to beat, we're not beating them. So yeah, every game is important. And that's kind of what we pointed out on this show already, I think. Ben Wilson pointed it out, Adam Burke has pointed it out, I have pointed it out numerous times. Maybe the Dodgers just not always getting up for the games that are against the teams that they're expected to really crush, a team that they're going to be favored by minus 240 over like this situation. For that reason, the Diamondbacks won two of the last three games. If you want to take a flyer on, on Diamondbacks Moneyline at 2-1, to one, who could blame you? I absolutely couldn't. So if you wanted to take that, that's the better value here, absolutely. I would not look Dodgers Moneyline at minus 240. Um, Diamondbacks plus 200 is absolutely the value play here, uh, especially because they've done this two or three times before, and the Dodgers are struggling with their pitching rotation right now. So perhaps there's value there. Every team in the NL West is still above 500, including the Rockies. So like I said... Diamondbacks, 200, the value. That said, I'm going to be a square, and I'm going to be on the Dodgers' run line. It's at minus 115, uh, and also under 8.5. The last three games with the Diamondbacks were all 8 or under with the uh, totals. So not what the total was, but how many runs were actually scored. 8 or less in the last three. So hoping that trend continues. Also seen a lot of unders recently on both the Diamondbacks and Dodgers' side of things. So hoping that continues here. Unless it's just massively in the Dodgers' favor. But no, it'd be nice to win both. As for the Angels, uh, they wrapped up their series versus the A's on Sunday with a 4-1 to one win. They won three of four of their games. That's what we're talking about. That's the kind of thing we like to see from an L.A. baseball team. Shohei Otani homered two straight games to finish the series. Much better. We were kind of worried about his hitting for a moment. I think it's come back. And I know I'm saying we were kind of worried. Everyone's like, I was not. It's Shohei Otani. I was absolutely not worried. Well, yeah. Well, good for you. I had concern. Uh, moving on, the Angels at the Rangers three-game series. Monday it starts, 5.05 p.m. Pacific time. The Angels are minus 139 on the money line. Rangers plus 123. Run line for the Angels, so minus one and a half runs, plus 112. The Rangers plus one and a half runs, Minus 139. Total for this one sitting at 8. Uh, so, Sunday, the Rangers 7-1 win over the Red Sox, which was interesting. I'm not really sure. I'm a little bit torn on this Rangers team. Here's what we have as far as the mound. Noah Syndergaard. I feel like every time I talk about a game, it's Noah Syndergaard on the mound. Do they have other pitchers? He's the righty. He's 3-1 and one this season. He'll make his sixth start of the season for the Angels. His last appearance was on Tuesday when he threw five and a third innings against the Tampa Bay Rays. Gave up one earned run. Allowed seven hits. His ERA so far on the season 2.45. Whip at 1.06. 
and 6.4 strikeouts per nine innings. Not too shabby. Uh, batting average against him, 227 in his five games this season. Uh, John Gray on the other side of things, also a righty. Fifth start of the season for him. He's 0-1 so far. 5.51 ERA, 1.22 whip, and 15 strikeouts over 16 and a third innings pitched. I think we could see this game go over. I don't like it as much as the Dodgers under, which means it will probably cash because that's my life right now. But <laughs> that said, I do think that this is set up to be a little bit more of an overy game. Uh, the Angels have been favored 28 times this season, and they've won 20 of those times. So almost 72% of those games. Uh, if you want to take Angels money line, I completely understand. It's only minus 139. That's where I would look. I'm not going to try to get too cute with the run line at plus 112, but you absolutely could. I like the Angels in this spot. Uh, minus 140 is about the top of the juice that I like to play. And again, think about your return on investment for sure. But I think the Angels will get this done. They have 49 homers, lead MLB in that. And the Rangers have scored 131 runs this season, which is 20th in the MLB. Not that great necessarily, but they have 234 hits, 29th in baseball, and 33 home runs, which is 13th in the league. So again, maybe getting those home runs, but not necessarily hitting it as well, getting as many hits. I, uh, mm. we could see an over, but I'm going to go against, uh, what my gut is telling me, which is not what I recommend ever in sports betting and say that I'm going to lean under here just based on the Rangers hitting as of recently, Noah Syndergaard being as solid. He is, I don't trust this angels bullpen. This is why I can't bet the totals on these games. I'm going to say lean under in this one. I will not be shocked if it goes over. So as you can see, not my most confident side, I would go angels money line this one and leave it alone. Leave it alone. Coming up, WNBA action going on on Tuesday night. As you know, the podcast airs Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I want to make sure we get that WNBA Tuesday action in for you in this Monday pod. Five games, big slate. We'll look at them all. This is the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every Tuesday during the season. Use it on straight bets, player props, or a same game parlay. You decide, log on to the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. So WNB action over the weekend, some crazy things happened and some not so crazy things happened. If we just take a look back, you may remember from the top of the show, me lamenting my links or excuse me, mystics, mystics minus seven and a half versus the wings, because why, why did this happen to me? I also watched most of this game and then I had to go somewhere the last, like the fourth quarter. And I turn, you know, to see what the final score is, make sure my bet's all good. Wings win 94 to 86. Now I have to go back and figure out what the heck happened here. Um, the wings just completely rallied and demolished the mystics in the end. And it's similar, honestly, to what the mystics did to the aces to me on the Tuesday previously. It's just no one is safe. No one is safe in this WNBA economy right now. The Everybody got richer. The rich are getting richer. Every team got richer this season. And we're seeing that one team has no wins yet. It's the Minnesota Lynx. They're 0-4. But the rest of the teams, nobody's undefeated. The, these teams have played four games or less 
and not a single team is undefeated into the season here. So everything is shaking out. Everything will settle down, hopefully. And eventually we'll also get enough games under our belts to get some stats that are a little bit more reliable. That'll be nice. But like I said, Friday, the 13th, should have known. Uh, Wings won that one 94 to 86. And then the Aces in the Dream, no surprises there. The Aces got up to nine point favorites, I believe, opened at seven. They won 96 to 73. Miles, our lovely guest, said he would take the Aces up to 10. Nailed it on that one. I was not brave enough. I did not want to lay nine with the Aces necessarily, especially because even they had their have had their moments early in the season. Again, that was versus the Mystics, which is a very, very good team. Uh, not that the Dream have been a bad team. They were much improved from last season, actually, and we'll get into that in a moment because they are playing on Tuesday. But should have laid that with the Aces. Again, I was trying to bet a little bit less. Probably should have just bet all three games. But uh, probably would have gone, honestly, one and two because I liked the Mystics. That didn't cover. Aces minus nine. That would have. And then Liberty Fever. I said I leaned Liberty here, but the Fever won in overtime, 92 to 86. So... High scoring game here. The no-brainer would have been to play the over on this game. Two fever, two teams that love to get out and move and will just have a ton of offense, the Liberty and the Fever. Um, not necessarily always the most effective field goal shooting percentage, but again, just always going to put a ton of shots up. So the over would have been money on this one. So I took Saturday off for that reason. I wanted to look at Mercury Storm because I knew Brianna Stewart was still not going to be playing. And I know I've seen different handicappers also pointing out on Twitter, hey, it's you know a couple of minutes before game time and we're still not sure what her status is. It's tough to get those updates and it's so important, especially in these early games, to figure out who is going to be here, who is playing, who is not. Um, Elena Deladon, is she playing at the away games or is she not? I think that the plan is for her not. At least that's what Miles told us last week. So these are all just such key important factors, especially when it's like the top, top dog of the team, whether it's EDD or Brianna Stewart. Um, yeah, it's it's so important to the spread. So 69-64, Mercury won on Saturday. The Sun get their mojo back. They beat the Sparks 77-60. to And then the Sky and Lynx also played. I thought this was going to be a no-brainer, and I don't think the Sky covered this. Again, this seemed like so obvious. The Lynx haven't won a game yet, but maybe that's the reason we saw this be so close and also still not operating uh, at full capacity are the sky Kalia copper on her way back from Spain after winning another championship there. Um, Courtney Vandersloot looking good. Rebecca Gardner also looking good. Um, Allie Quigley got back in the mix, but maybe not at hundred percent still, I would say, but she was back in their in their lineup and maybe that caused a little bit of just disruption, just getting her back in the swing of things. But that said, that's kind of how the weekend went. On Sunday, the Wings beat the Liberty by 10, 81 to 71. And then the Dream beat the Fever, 85 to 79. And that is surprising and interesting because they are going to play again on Tuesday. And I honestly would have said with this game, give me whatever side is getting points. Because these teams uh, are kind of in their own little competition. It felt like at least last season. Uh, for 11th and 12th. Now, may not be the case this year. The Fever much improved with all of their new young talent and the Dream even on their side as well. Um, but they'll be back in action on Tuesday against each other. So Tuesday games, the Sun at the Liberty, 4 p.m. game, Pacific time. Sun are 1-1, one one, Liberty are 1-3. The Sun have played, got to be the least amount of games of all the teams. And had a week break in between their first and second game. The Sun played the Liberty in their season opener and the Liberty won 81 to 79 because again, nothing made sense. But 
in a lot of ways it does, right? The Liberty want to move fast. The Sun want to slow it down. At least last season, that was the way it was. Kurt Miller, the Sun head coach, talked about how they'd like to improve their pace because they got boat raced in playoffs. So the Sun trying to create faster, better offense, whatever you want to call it, is led to some turnovers, at least it seems. So uh, the Liberty capitalized on that. They were shooting incredibly well. They shot 40% from three, 10 of 25. And the Sun, on the other hand, went four of 17 for 23.5%. So they're actually second to last in effective field goal percentage right now. The Sun are through two games, of course. Uh, the Liberty are fourth in effective field goal percentage because they love to shoot that three ball. Uh, I expect that this is going to be very much a let me smack them in the mouth game for the Sun because they are not happy about this loss. And like I said, the Liberty won in three since then, so have not won a game since then. They're struggling to score points in the paint. They're second to last in attempts even and ninth in field goal percentage in the paint of 12 teams. But they attempt the most threes above the break. Uh, I don't know if that's the best strategy, but they do do it. Unfortunately, they are ninth in three-point shooting percentage right now. So... It almost reminds me of the Sparks team last year where they would just throw a bunch of threes up and hope some of them would go in and there would be games where they would light it up. Uh, that necessarily isn't necessarily the most reliable strategy in the WNBA. And also they need somebody to handle the paint for them. They need that big. Um, and that hasn't come to fruition for them just yet. Meanwhile, on the opposite side, the Sun are absolute monsters on offensive rebounding. They have, what, almost 50% offensive rebounding percentage, 494 the Lynx are the next closest to them, 35%. So that's just how much above and beyond better they are at getting those offensive rebounds than the next closest team. The Liberty in that category, last, dead last, 22%. So it's interesting because if you look at the first game, they actually didn't get horribly beat on the boards. I think they out-rebounded them by seven boards. But Liberty still got the win. You got to attribute that to some of their three-point shooting as well. Classic struggle of speed in this game. The Liberty are going to need to push the pace, get threes up, find a way to stop the hemorrhage in the paint. And the Sun are going to want to play at their pace if they're smart. I know that they're trying to push that this season, so I still have some question marks about this Sun team. They did play a bit faster in their second game as well, but they did win. If they are sped up by the Liberty or even by themselves, that could lead to more turnovers. And the Sun have the second highest turnover rate right now. Again, two games of data. But... Something to keep in mind. I lean under in this one, maybe even under in the first half. And of course, the Liberty are going to come out and shoot the lights out and just ruin my day, or Jonquil Jones will. But I lean under in this one. Even I like a first half under a lot better. And depending on how many points the Liberty are getting, I might look to their side. They've already beat them once, but do expect the Sun to come back with a vengeance. Dream at Fever, part two, as I mentioned, alluded to. They just played on Sunday, 85 to 79. Dream get the win. The Dream shot, 49%. But the Fever from three, nearly 48%. They went 11 of 23. So really, really fun young teams to watch here with brand new talent. Top overall pick, Ryan Howard, has a career had a career-high 33 points, which was the most in any WNBA game this season. And then Indiana's Nalissa Smith, the number two overall pick, Season high, 18 points, but left the game with about six and a half minutes left due to a right ankle injury. So definitely something we have to keep our eye on, unfortunately. These teams are going to fight tooth and nail, both of them. And the Dream do have the highest turnover percentage on offense, unfortunately. Their defense is incredibly solid. They have the lowest opponent effective field goal percentage. So their defense has been the strongest really in the league, it seems, um, so far. 
it'll be interesting to see how many points the Dream are favored by here, and especially with, I'm assuming, no Nalissa Smith, but we'll see. Obviously, keep an eye on that. I'll be looking to back the Dream again in this one, but it'll depend on, on how many points we're talking about here, because if we start getting into, you know, five, five or higher territory, maybe it's worth a look at the Fever. This is going to be tight. It might be worth, like I said, just taking the team who's getting the points in this situation. Then we have Mystics at the Wings. Again, a game that we have seen before, most recently on Friday. The Mystics lost 94-86. Did I mention that at all in this podcast? Only three times? Arike Ogunwabale uh, scored 27 points. Alicia Gray had 21. And the Dallas Wings overcame a 15-point second quarter deficit. So... That's what I lived through. The Mystics shot 52.5% in that game. What more do you want? What more do you want? Both teams actually made the same amount of buckets, including threes. The identical. Identical box score in that way of how many buckets were made. But the Wings had eight points more from free throws. They also shot less effectively than the Mystics did, but it didn't matter, right? Because the Mystics had 21 turnovers that the Wings were able to capitalize on. The Wings only had 11. 21 turnovers that's you you lose you lose the game the fact that that was even close is hilarious the wings are creating the most turnovers on defense in the league by the stats they're also 10th in effective field goal percentage the mystics are going to exact their revenge here question elena deladon is she traveling i think not we'll have to double check on that um it is down to texas it's not all the way to the west coast if she's in line doesn't get out of control absolutely look for the mystics to cover here if she's not, the Mystics know how to win without her, but they just lost to the Wings with her. Absolutely going to look at the Wings if that's the case of no Elena Deladon. Uh, Mercury and Aces is the next one here. Mercury are 2-1. and one. Aces are 3-1. and one. Top two teams in field goal percentage right now and effective field goal percentage. Both teams operating above 53% there. The Aces are going to be at home. They're at the top of their game. They lost once to the Mystics, and that is, again, one of the top three teams in the league for me right now. Uh, I expect a win from them here. I expect a high-scoring affair. More than anything, I like an over in this series, but we'll have to see what the um, actual spread shakes out to or the money line even because that's probably more realistically what you're going to be looking at. I think the Aces are the more complete team here. The Mercury are playing a little bit down right now. High-scoring. I think we'll see an over, and I lean Aces. Lynx and Sparks... The Lynx are the only team that hasn't got their first win of the season yet. They are last in effective field goal percentage, so perhaps that has something to do with it. The Sparks are 2-2. Two and two. They're ninth in effective field goal percentage, which is surprising because their shooting has taken a big step forward from last year, I think. I think because they're at home, they'll win this one. I'll look to the Sparks side. Five or less would be solid. I don't know if we'll get that because, again, the Lynx are 0-4. But Sparks to cover... It's tough because the Lynx are not going to try to go in a hole of 0-5. That's for certain. Sylvia Fowles is not going to love that. Uh, we'll see what the line ends up being. But I just think the Lynx are kind of a piecemeal team right now. They've been letting players go, bringing them back in, and they're just kind of slapping stuff together at this moment. They're just not cohesive. I think the Sparks can get this done at home. We'll see. Hopefully I have better news for you on Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. New shows Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That means I'm back on Wednesday. I hope you will be too for more of the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers.